So we had planned to play some craps. Nice. How did that go? Not well. Oh. <laughs> Welcome to Cardboard and Wine, episode 10. I'm Mamie. And I'm Josh. Grab a glass, pull up a chair, and let's talk about some games. Today on the show, we discuss the pros and cons of going on a board game getaway. Spoiler alert, there are no cons. Hi, Mamie. Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> well, I say welcome back. Uh, you live here. This is in our house. Well, welcome back to our show, though. <laughs> that just struck me as funny. I said, welcome <laughs> back to your house where you live. <laughs> oh, how's your week going, Mamie? You're out of school now. I am out of school. This has been a fabulous week. So I am out of school, so that's great, even though I'm still doing some things. But the big news in the Hall House this week is... This is going to be the summer of Scooter. We got a puppy. A puppy, and he is adorable. I got to say, I I resisted this puppy thing for how long? Like 15 years. Well, okay, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) For a while. Uh, But I have to admit, he's pretty cute. He's adorable. He is a schnoodle. So he is schnauzer poodle. Uh, He is nine weeks old. And he is just a little floof of joy. Yep, so if you hear any random sounds in the background, it is probably Scooter the Schnoodle. Exactly. I'm sure he'll make an appearance at some point on the show. Yes, he has not eaten any game pieces yet, so I consider that a win. Well, he can stay as long as he uh, doesn't eat any game pieces, but I know it's just a matter of time. So, Mamie, I noticed there is a wine glass in front of me right here. Yes, so our wine tonight is the G3 Merlot. G3, what does the G3 stand for? Yeah, so this is a wine out of the Columbia Valley region in Washington State, which we really like, Cabernets that come from there. And it's from a vineyard called Goose Ridge, but the G3 is part of their sort of specialized line, and it stands for the fact that the vineyard has been passed down through three generations. And they focus on really on the three main varietals, Chardonnay, Cabernet, and then this Merlot. Oh, very good. Yeah. We don't we don't drink a lot of Merlots, and I honestly say it is because I don't typically like Merlots, not because of the movie Sideways. I don't know. I think Merlot has gotten a bad rap since that movie Sideways. There's that scene where it's Paul Giamatti's character, and he says, I'd rather die than drink Merlot. And I think Merlot has gotten a bad reputation. It could be, although I think there are some bad Merlots out there. That's true. Um, but this this is not one of them. Uh, so actually, we, we've had this Merlot before. We had a wine party. Um, when was that? Around New, New Year's. For New Year's. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. for New Year's. And we did some blind tasting of some different types of wine. And this was one of the Merlots. We had a Merlot and a Cabernet and a Shiraz, a couple different types. And, and everybody universally liked this one. So maybe it's months later. What do you think now? I like it. The... I think the nose on it is better than the flavor palette. I feel like it, it smells like, um, you know, tobacco and smoke and chocolate and sort of all those things that I really like. But when I taste it, I just get a lot of dryness and not those flavors. You know who else likes this Merlot? The uh, fly that has landed in mine. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> just looked down and thought, oh, there's a piece of cork or something in mine. But uh, no, I believe fly? it's a fruit fly. Yeah. So, uh, and this is a big red wine glass so i actually can't even get my <laughs> finger in <laughs> trying to got him well you know him. everybody needs a little wine actually when we have had fruit fly infestations and i have set traps for them you know what i've used red wine red wine yeah yep catches fruit flies makes sense welcome to summer yeah 
but I, I, I like it. It's it's not my favorite, but it's good. Yeah, this one's pretty dry. Uh, I actually dry. like it. I like a dry wine. I agree. I love the nose on it. I feel like Merlot's to me tastes a little grapey, but this no, one... No, it's definitely not grapey. It definitely has a dryness to it. Um, not bad. This is decent. As far as Merlot's go, uh, this is not too bad. All right, Mamie. What have we been playing? So what have we've been playing lately. We've actually been playing a, a decent amount of games recently. Um, you had a bit of a spending spree. Yeah, I will. In defense of myself, uh, there were there was probably at least a three month period earlier this year where I purchased no games. Uh, I think it was after I bought Gloomhaven, which is a pretty pricey game. I was like, you know what? I think we're good for a while. So there were about three months I didn't buy anything, but uh, I've kind of fallen off the wagon. Uh, in the in the last month or so, so we had a new game order arrive in several boxes. <laughs> it's, yeah, that's true. It's, Over several dice, so we got number nine and Vinos, which was last week or two weeks yeah, ago. I think we which even we've mentioned, mentioned that. Yep, on before. The um, and then this week you got Downforce and Keyflower and Castle Panic and Magic Maze, which we have been playing with the kids quite a bit. It's been really fun. Yeah, right before we recorded this, we yep. knocked out three games of Magic Maze with the kids. What do you think about Magic Maze? Uh, so describe Magic Maze for people who maybe haven't aren't familiar with it. So Magic Maze is really interesting because it's you're building a, I think it's a shopping mall, right? And it's a collaborative game. You're playing the role of thieves. And so you have to get your treasure and then get back out of the shopping mall before the time runs out. And so you're kind of moving around and, and each person has a specific direction that they They're moving can, these pawns, these yeah, four pawns. That they can move the pawns. And the trick of it is that you're not supposed to talk about what you're doing. It's supposed to be silent. And everybody's just supposed to sort of take their roles and, and work together to get to your treasure and then get back out. Yeah, like one one player is the only player who can move the pawns to the left and the other is the only player that can move them up. And, and then there might be someone else who's the only one who can use the escalator. Right. So it's really fun. I would like to play with adults. <laughs> I find playing with the children just a little bit frustrating, although it is possible it will be the same with adults. Uh, well, that's a little foreshadowing. I'll have to tell you my Magic May story here in just a few minutes that I don't think you've heard yet. I, I actually think the kids have done a little bit better with it than I thought they would. Because when I got it, that's true. You know, I actually wasn't totally sure this is a game the kids would be ready for, but the box set ate and up. And pretty much now um, our kids go through our game shelf and look at all the boxes and have decided that if it says eight and up, that's a game they can play. And it's pretty true. Yeah. So, so this one, uh, we haven't gotten past the first scenario yet. We have won the first scenario, uh, but we haven't felt comfortable enough to move on to scenario two with the kids yet, but I think we'll get there. I don't know that we've ever done it completely silently without pointing and symbols. It's hard not to. In this last game, you kept whistling when we were about out of time. <laughs> that was my secret. Uh, <laughs> when the, where the timer's about to run out. And that's been super fun. Also, at our weekly game night, we played Downforce for the first time. What did you think of Downforce? Downforce was fun. Um, you know, it was a, when you opened it and we put it out on the table, I was thinking, you know, a race car game. I'm not sure this is totally my, my thing. And, it looked a lot like a, one of the games that we have played with the kids a lot, Monza. But it was really fun. The sort of bidding component where you have to wager on who you think is going to win definitely added a complexity to it that went beyond just the, you know, trying to get your car around the track first. It was, it was really fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, you play these, these cards 
that will move not only your car, but potentially move other people's right. cars as well. So yeah, there's, a, there's really a lot of strategy uh, going on there in that game. I, I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to playing that one again. Mamie, I wanted to, a couple show-related things. First, I wanted to mention one of our newest Board Game Geek Guild members, Sean. Nice. Welcome, Sean. Yeah, so a couple cool things about Sean. um, And I will say we did not plan this at all because you picked this wine out to have. But Sean is from Washington State, like this Merlot. And get this, he works in a winery. Oh, maybe he works at Goose Ridge. Maybe he does. That would be crazy. Maybe that would be crazy. So I think we definitely have to figure out a way to visit Sean in Washington State and go to his winery because I love some Washington wines. Yeah, that's definitely on our list. Now we have a reason. Yeah. (laughs) Also, Dice Tower Con is fast approaching. That's coming up. Uh, We're heading there on the early in the morning on the 4th of July. Yeah, that was super exciting. We spent some time today looking at the agenda and signing up for some different events and activities. I think we're doing two different escape rooms, which I love. Should that should be a lot of fun? Yeah, a couple of escape rooms. I'm actually, um, I've actually signed up to teach a couple of games of Vinos since uh, I noticed there was some interest in some of the forums of people wanting to learn that game. And I have since purchased that game and played it a couple times. So I'll be teaching a couple games of that. Looking forward to, to doing that. I also wanted to say, too, we are printing up some cardboard and wine buttons with our logo on them. And so we certainly will have those with us. So if you're a listener and you're going to be a Dice Tower Con, please let us know. Find us and we would love to give you a cardboard and wine button to say thanks for being an early adopter of the Cardboard and Wine podcast. Yeah, definitely. We would love to meet you all. Let us know if you'll be there and we'll make sure you get one of our buttons and we can play a game. All right, Josh, are you ready to tell our listeners all about Josh Khan? I'm ready. All right, so we're going to do something a little bit different this week. So instead of talking about a specific game, I just got back from a long weekend of lots of gaming. And so, Mamie, we have, haven't even had much of a chance to sit down and talk no, I'm, about... I'm looking forward to hearing about your trip. <laughs> yeah, the, the details of the gaming we did. So so I thought, uh, so on this show, we thought we could just do a recap of our board game getaway that, that we called JoshCon 3. This is the third time that our game group's done this. So JoshCon 1 was at our house, but then JoshCon 2 and 3 have been getaways, correct? Yeah, they've actually increased in their length every time. So JoshCon 1, you're right, was a a full day. It was just a Saturday. I think you and the kids were out of town somewhere, and we spent all day on Saturday gaming. And then JoshCon 2 was back in January. We headed to the beach for two nights of gaming. Uh, So this time for JoshCon 3, we decided to head to the mountains and we spent three nights. So we decided two nights was actually pretty quick because, you know, you, you get there and then you spend the night and then you really have one full day of gaming that goes pretty right. fast. And so, um, so I think the three night was just the right amount of time. It wasn't too much of a burden to be gone and away from work and, and family and friends, but uh, certainly long enough to feel like you really had some time to, to do some good gaming. All right, so you're going to give us the highlights of Josh Con 3. I, I will say the first thing that Josh did after he was, you know, they left that morning, and I get a text from him with a picture, and I said, who is that? <laughs> yeah, so so we so we left early on, on Friday morning, and it was about a four-hour drive 
towards the mountains from, from where we live here in Durham. And we had decided we were going to stop in Asheville, North Carolina, which is just a great, a great little mountain city if, if you haven't been there before. But we decided we'd stop there for lunch. But on the way, it occurred to me that one of the very first people to reach out to us after we started doing the podcast was Ben. He was actually, I think, the first person to join our guild and to reach out to us. Yay, Ben. Thank you. Yeah. And so I knew Ben and his wife live in Asheville. So literally, we're at this rest stop, probably about an hour outside of Asheville. And I told the guys I was with, um, a couple of the guys from our game group, Jeff and Glenn, I was like, you know what? I'm going to reach out to this guy. Like, I have no contact information for him except his board game geek account. So I sent him some geek mail. Which I didn't even know was a thing. So, so I sent him a, a geek mail through Board Game Geek and, and said, we will be in Asheville in about an hour. Do you want to get lunch? And awesome enough, and surprisingly enough, he responded. And actually, I, I sent him my, my phone number through that so he could get in touch with me. And so pretty quickly, I got a text that he was certainly up for it. And so actually, he had a little bit of time. He had about an hour lunch break, and he had suggested a gaming cafe in Asheville called Well Played. And so what we decided to do was we actually decided to to grab some lunch um, at this other restaurant we'd been wanting to, to go to. And then we met up with Ben at the gaming cafe. And that's where the, that's where the photograph came from, Mamie. I think it's so awesome that on the fly with just an hour notice, you guys were able to get together and meet up and you even played a couple games, right? Magic Maze. So tell me about the gaming cafe. What was it like? Yeah, so this this place was really cool and I'm really jealous we don't have anything like this here in in the Raleigh Durham area. So so you go in and first of all it was just very welcoming. Um, so, you know, I've been in, like, we have some local game stores here that have some folding tables in the back where you can right. play games. And um, maybe some snacks. Hey, I think uh, beef jerky and pizza rolls are great snacks. No, but you know, they're great, and I've played games there, and I love it. But I don't know that they would be the type of place your non-gaming friends would just go in and feel comfortable like a place they would want to go. <laughs> I remember our first visit to one of those stores probably 15 years ago, and I have to confess that I did not feel comfortable necessarily. Yeah, you were unconvinced. I was. But anyway, this place was great. So I was very welcoming. The The people who worked there were, were super friendly. And importantly, there was a huge game library there. And so the way it worked was you paid five bucks and you had access to all the games. For as long as you stayed there? For as long as you stayed there. And, and they also sold um, food, and they had beer and other beverages and coffee. And you could so, just stay all day for five bucks. You could stay all day. Well, I think, I think you know, to be a good patron, you should also purchase some things. Right. Uh, which we did. So, so we got there, and, and Jeff and Glenn and I were perusing the games. When Ben came in, and it was great to, to finally meet him, and, and we looked over the games, and we decided to pull out Century Spice Road and Magic Maze. So that was my first introduction to Magic Maze. Because again, I'll say, uh, we only had an hour, because Ben had an hour for lunch. So we couldn't get into anything that was, that was too involved or too heavy. Uh, so anyway, Ben had played Magic Maze before, so he uh, explained the rules. And I'll say to another thing that was really helpful at the cafe, um, had Ben not been familiar with the game, it was apparent that the employees there were fairly familiar with the rules as well and were very capable of explaining them, which I thought was a good touch. Yeah, that's awesome. So how did Magic Maze go with grown-ups? 
Well, I'm pretty sure we lost the first two times <laughs> on the very first <laughs> level. So as as much as you thought the kids weren't doing the greatest job at the beginning, um, I think we actually had more success in the first game. The four of us played together, me, you, and the kids, than... Uh, me, Ben, Jeff, and Glenn. Although I will say that was not at all Ben's fault. He he held his frustration at how <laughs> bad we were, uh, especially me. But but finally the third, we we kept wanting to play it again until we got it. And finally the third time through, we we finally succeeded. Uh, but then we switched over to Century Spice Road, and I don't believe Ben had played. Actually, I don't believe any of them had played that game at that point. So I taught that game to them, and that was a huge hit. I mean, it's one of our favorites. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, we ended up playing that game quite a bit as a filler, kind of in between other games throughout the weekend. Uh, But I just wanted to say it was such a great way to start our board gaming getaway in the mountains in Asheville at this super cool cafe with Ben, uh, getting to meet Ben and, and just seeing seeing that really cool spot. So if you're in the Asheville area, certainly go check out Well Played. It is just such a fantastic spot. Uh, definitely want to do what we can to support them and places like that. And if you're an entrepreneur in Durham looking for a business idea, <laughs> we would love a, a board game gaming cafe. I uh, know. <laughs> That's what we were talking about when we were driving away is, hmm, wonder which of us could most easily quit our job and start, <laughs> start a board game cafe. Not us. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, so anyway, we got back in the car and we had about another 45 minutes to our destination, to to our cabin. And, and so, you know, the mountains of North Carolina are so beautiful and it was a, it was a really nice day. So we get, get to our cabin and it's, it's beautiful. It's right by this, this nice river. And so we met one of our other gaming group friends, Toby, and his wife, Alexis, was actually with us. They were already out in the mountains for, for a little getaway earlier that week. And so we met up with them. And took a little walk down to the river to clear our minds, got in the creek, and it was very refreshing, I will say. I love a mountain creek. (laughs) Yeah, it was super nice. So we did that, but eventually it was time to uh, get to some gaming. So actually, it was getting a little bit later in the day. We went back to the house, and Toby and Alexis were nice enough to to make a nice homemade dinner for us that night. So while that was happening, um, one really awesome feature of this cabin was, I mentioned it overlooked this, this river, but also there was this really awesome wraparound porch uh, with a nice picnic table on it. So we actually ate all of our meals out on that picnic table. But while, while dinner was cooking, uh, Jeff and Glenn and I was finally able to introduce them to number nine. So we played some number nine out on the picnic table uh, while waiting for dinner. Number nine is a lot of fun. What did they think of it? Uh, they loved it. I mean, big fans. I feel like everyone who has played that game with us really liked it. I mean, had the same, basically the same reaction that we had when we first played it. Yeah. At first it's hard and you're like, whoa. And then it's really fun. Yeah. I mean, our, our friend David who introduced us to the game, he was sharing with me that I believe at least two or three people he's shared the game with have since purchased it, including us. And I actually know after we got back from JoshCon, Jeff... Uh, went out and purchased the game to play (laughs) with his family. It's contagious, apparently. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, after dinner, we were finally ready to settle into some heavier gaming. Toby had brought Dominant Species with him, and that's one that I had been wanting to try for a while. So I I was looking forward to playing that. So how did Dominant Species go? I've heard it can be a little long. It was a little long, I would say. So, so our play took about three and a half hours, and and this was, you know, into the evening. I would say, first of all, I want to say I really enjoy the game. So, so this is a game put out by GMT, who maybe you know, 
uh, tends to make w- more war type games. Right. Um, and you know, you could say this is sort of a biology themed war game. I mean, becoming dominant and evolution and being the one to survive, it's kind of like war. It is. It, it's, it's super fun. I mean, you know, you take on the role of each player is either mammals or insects or arachnids or reptiles. And, and there were five of us too. So it was a pretty involved game. And so, you know, you're choosing to adapt so you can, you know, survive off different types of food and be better adapted to different regions. I was the mammals. And so I took the strategy since I could survive the formation of glaciers better than some of the other animal species could. So my whole strategy ended up being throwing glaciers on everybody to kill all the other animals. Did it work? It worked. I won. <laughs> so, Bring on the ice age. Uh, no, but anyway, I had a blast playing that. And actually made me uh, something you don't know, but I did place an order for dominant species <laughs> after we got back. Uh, which that should, one's not even here yet. Not even here yet. Uh, so anyway, that was super fun. Really enjoyed that. So it, it was pretty late by the time we finished. So went on to bed. I was a little bit of a sleepy head the next morning. Uh, woke up and everybody was out on the front porch with their cups of coffee in the cool mountain air playing some Century Spice Road. That sounds so lovely. Oh, it was so great. It was so great. So I, I just kind of sat with my coffee and enjoyed the scenery while they were finishing up their game. And, and we made some breakfast. And then Toby's wife, Alexis, was leaving that, that day. So they went out for a hike uh, before she had to leave. And so we played one of my favorite games, Kalos. Oh, uh, Kalos is a lot of fun. We don't play it enough. I know. We should. Every time I play it, I'm like, ah, oh, why don't we play this more? This is one of the only games, or one of the few games that I've rated a, a 10 out of 10 on Board Game Geek. I love this game. Uh, it's a pretty old game, but, you know, I think there are very few games to me that are that perfect. Like, it's just a great, complete game. And, you know, we, we played the entire thing. We, we've all played several times, but it was about a 90-minute play. And Yeah, one of the things I love about it is that it's it's a fairly heavy, fairly complex game, but it not a three-hour game. No, it's not at all, and uh, just just really satisfying. And it's to me, it is the quintessential Euro game. You know, you've got the victory points and the cubes <laughs> and the resources, and you trade them in for other stuff. And it's got the tile, cardboard tiles. It's just it's just perfect. I love it. Uh, so we got to play that, finish that up, uh, said goodbye to Alexis, and then actually what we did <laughs> was we we're in the vicinity of the Harris Cherokee Casino, which is out in Western North Carolina, Amy. And you know, another game that I very much enjoy. Craps. You may not know this about Josh, but along with board games, he does really enjoy the casino games. I love all games. Let's it's be true. honest. I love all types of games. So one thing that I was really, really excited to do was a couple of the guys in my game group were had never played craps and were interested in learning because they've heard me talk about how much I enjoy craps. So we had planned, since we were only about 30, 45 minutes away, to go and play some craps. Nice. So how did, did that go? Not well. Oh. <laughs> oh. Actually, you know what? It's so funny because... Um, and, and it, you know, we should do an episode on craps one day. I don't know if anyone will listen to it. Maybe after we go to Vegas? Maybe so. So myself and Jeff, we were playing craps and we, we bought in for, for the same amount of money and we were just getting hammered. I mean, it's like, and of course, craps, I assume a lot of our listeners know, but is a game that relies on the rolls of dice and you're, you're wanting certain numbers to be rolled and other numbers not to be rolled. And they were cold. All the wrong numbers were being oh, rolled. Oh, no. <laughs> Let me just put it that way. So we were really getting wiped out. You know, I think 
about three fourths of the money we had started with was gone, like in about thirty minutes, which can happen. I mean, that's that's part, part of, of gambling. Um, so, for some inexplicable reason, Glenn, who had been watching all this happen, decided he was ready to try it out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, I really thought, you know, I'm here trying to teach them and and play with them for the first time. I'm gonna have to like buy get back some more in. money yeah. and buy buy back in just so I can play with Glenn. Glenn must be a good luck charm because as soon as Glenn bought Ed, Jeff got the dice and had the best roll of the day. He had this awesome roll and and really brought us back pretty much to even again. Nice. That's so fun in craps when somebody gets on a really hot roll and you're getting a bunch of points. Yeah. And, and I will say I was playing um, a little more aggressively than than Glenn was. And and so we you know we played probably a couple hours and I finished down a little bit and Jeff finished down a little bit and Glenn... Glenn actually made some money. Oh, nice. Good job, Glenn. Yeah, so, <laughs> so Glenn was the good luck charm. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. So we, we went and did that for, for a couple hours, and then we, we drove back into um, a town in western North Carolina called Waynesville, which is near where we were staying. And um, We stopped at the Boojum Brewery and had some local beer and, and some food, and it was really great. And then we headed back to the house and had our first playthrough of Vinos. Oh, Vinos is super fun. We've had we've played twice now. Yeah, you and I played since we got back a two player game, and I just love those Vito Lacerda games. They're just so so much going on, but I feel like they're they're the things you can do just make sense with the theme. And of course, we love a good wine theme. Right. I think we're going to definitely have to do a show about Vinos. Oh, absolutely. Um, so so that was a lot of fun. Uh, really enjoyed that. <laughs> to say, Amy. Uh, so so none of us had played Vinos before. I had just just got it before we we went on our trip. So on the drive down, I was driving and <laughs> I have a phone holder, you know, so you can have the GPS up. So we actually pulled up a how to play Vinos video <laughs> and we're playing it as we were driving down the I hope highway. You were not paying too close attention. You I was, were listening, right? I was only like listening. an audiobook. I was yeah. only listening. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if anyone's ever done that before, <laughs> driving to their board game getaway while watching how to play videos. Uh, Something about that does not surprise me at all. <laughs> <laughs> so so anyway, we had a great time playing Vinos. After that, it was getting late. We went to bed and got up for our, our final day uh, on Sunday, our final full day. And we had big plans for Sunday. So uh, so right after breakfast, we, we set up for a game of 1846. Nice. And so really, you know, I think games like 18xx games, like 1846, uh, which as far as 18xx games go, I believe is one of the shorter ones. Those are really made for sort of these getaway type experiences because it's really hard for us to fit those in, a game of that length in just in normal life. You guys have tried that one once before, right? But you didn't finish. Twice before, actually. And we finally had to cut it off because uh, it went about three, three and a half hours and we just had to go. Uh, but anyway, So how long did it take when uh, you so actually So we finished played? it in five and a half hours. Whew. And I will say this. So I made a spreadsheet. Of course. To help with gameplay. And that helped a little bit. I think, you know, we're all still fairly new with it. I think we could go faster next time. I think... We could get okay. it done in four, four and a half hours. But you know, I will say this, uh, for, for at least me and my experience, we played for five, five and a half hours. And to me, it didn't feel any longer than playing Dominant Species for three and a half hours. Really? Yeah. Because you were enjoying it. Yeah. There was yeah. something about the gameplay that didn't feel as long. Things, things went quickly, uh, in my opinion. So I think it's a great, it's, it's just such a great game. I know I can see why... 
so many people really like the 18xx style of train games and so you know these are games that are they can be kind of equal parts laying train routes you know trying to optimize running these train routes for money but also stock market games so an interesting feature of them is you're not only trying to make money off of your own railway lines that you are running but you're also buying stocks not only in your own railway lines, but in other people's railroad companies too. So maybe if you have a really profitable company and I've bought stock, I'm also gaining, uh, you know, gaining wealth through that too. So it's as much thinking about the stock market shares as it is operating the railroad line. And I think it's pretty fun. Well, I would say probably because there's several different things going on and you're trying to manage all of those different things, it probably doesn't drag, right? And so even though it is long, those hours go by quickly. Yeah, no, I think so. But we had a lot of fun and I think we all felt accomplished that we we finally finished a full game of it. But, you know, I'm looking forward to figuring out a time when we can play again, especially Mammy, I'd like for... I know, uh, I want to play. Yeah, I, we need to get a play in for you. Maybe a Dice Tower Con. Oh, maybe. Uh, so anyway, we, we did that and then played some filler games, played so, some more number nine, and then we ordered some pizza and actually we were lucky enough to find that even though we were in the mountains, the nearest town, Waynesville, there was one guy in town who had a business of delivering food from town to the cabins. No Uber Eats in Waynesville. No Uber Eats, (laughs) but there was a guy named Chad. Nice, Chad. That's all you need is a Chad. So shout out to Chad who uh, really did a great job delivering our pizza to us. A super friendly guy. So anyway, but that enabled us to have time to play a game of Gaia Project. Nice. Which, I mean, we've we've played before and is a game we've really been enjoying. And I think now that we've played enough times, we're starting to kind of elevate our our game a little bit and uh, just really competitive game of Gaia Project. And that was just really fun. That's fun. Was that your final game? That was, we, we played one more. We played Gaia Project We'd had dinner. It was getting late, but but one other thing we really wanted to do, and it was our final night, was one reason we we were doing this board game getaway when we did was our good friend Toby, who's been part of our game group for a couple of years now, is sadly going to be moving away to California, and so this was kind of our our last big hurrah of gaming with him. So I had purchased a couple of really nice cigars. I knew we were going to be out in the mountains, and so we wanted to make sure we had some time to go out on the back deck, enjoy those with some nice bourbon. I brought some Basil Hayden's, which is my Very favorite nice. bourbon. Um, and that was just really nice. You know, as, as fun as it, as it is to play games, it was just so nice to sit out there in the mountains and we could see the, the lightning bugs across the way in the mountains sort of lighting up and just have some great conversation with friends. And, you know, that's really an advantage of having these board game getaways versus just kind of beyond your, your weekly game night. You know, a lot of times, you, you know, this is true, Mamie, with weekly game nights, people have worked all day, they show up and you have limited time. So it's really all about the gaming. You show up, you kind of start playing the game. By the time the game's over, everybody needs to get home. Right. There's not a lot of time to just sit and relax and chat. And that sounds wonderful sitting on the porch with the nice cigar and some bourbon and fireflies. Yeah. And that was just a little bit of heaven. Yeah. It was so, so great. So perfect. But it was getting late at that point once we we sat out there and talked for about an hour. But we figured since this was going to be the end of the board, <laughs> the board game trip, we needed to actually end it with a board game. So Toby had brought one. He had just picked up called Space Base. And <laughs> this is a neat little game. Uh, that really, I'm not going to get into much of the details of it, but there's a lot of rolling dice. I know you like dice. It's like craps. It's a lot like craps. And, you know, it was one of the things we discovered is there is just something about, and I know 
a lot of heavier, more strategy-oriented gamers will poo-poo upon randomness in games and dice rolls. But there are very few things that generate better excitement than when you're relying on a certain dice roll and you r- hit that dice roll. Yeah, it's it's euphoria. Oh, it is. <laughs> and they were just, uh, that was one of the few gaming moments that, that just generated some some woohoo's uh, besides craps. That is, it was when you know you're rolling these dice and you need an eleven to come up, and the eleven comes up. And yeah, dice are so just great. fun. Yeah, so that was a really fun way to end the trip. And so we went to bed next morning, got up, cleaned the cabin up, and then headed back into Asheville on our way home and hit one of our favorite places, maybe Sunny Point Cafe. I do love Sunny Point Cafe. Oh, so good! It's amazing. So if you go to Asheville, you're going to go to the Well Played Cafe. Uh, but make sure you grab some breakfast at the Sunny Point Cafe. And I had been talking up the stuffed French toast with sausage and cream cheese, which is as <laughs> decadent so... as it sounds. I was not hungry for at least nine hours after <laughs> eating that. That's Sunny Point in general. Oh, it was so good. So good. So we had a great breakfast and then really uneventful, just uh, hit the road, headed headed back home. And and that was our that was our board game getaway. That was Josh Khan. So what was your favorite thing about Josh Kahn? You know, it's hard to say, um, and, and, and this probably sounds trite, but, you know, it's really the time with, with the people. You know, I think that's one thing that we love about board games is it's just a fun way to spend time with, with people we enjoy. And, and there's just something about being able to get away and actually relax, actually transition out of kind of normal life mode where you're trying to fit a game in between kids and work and all the things you have going on. Walking the dog. (laughs) Now walking the dog. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, there's something about being able to really just where the games are kind of the main thing you're there to do and there aren't these other responsibilities you're relying on. Uh, That's just so fun and so relaxing. So we've done this, this was our third JoshCon. And, and, you know, historically, this has been sort of a a guy's trip, maybe, but I'm pretty sure uh, JoshCon 4, we've got to get, Got to get you in the mix. Yeah, I mean, I would love to be part of Josh Con. I'm. I mean, I have to admit, I'm really, really looking forward to Dice Tower Con because it's going to give us a chance to have that experience and and really sort of have gaming be part of vacation mode instead of part of daily life mode. You no, know, I think that's something I would like to to recommend any of our listeners who enjoy gaming. If you haven't had a chance to do that consider maybe even having some vacation time centered around gaming. That's something, I think there was a time we would have never considered that's something that we would do. And now, I mean, really for me twice, like sort of two uh, getaways in a row within a couple of months are really centered around playing board games. But I don't know. I just think there's something something fun and special about that that kind of goes beyond just the, the normal gaming you do on a day-to-day basis. Mamie, I feel like I did a lot of talking on this one. That's okay. It was all about Josh Khan. Yeah, so we will be back to a more normal episode next week talking about a game. Thank you all so much for listening to Cardboard and Wine. For show notes, links, and other fun info about the games we discuss on the show, you can visit our website at cardboardandwine.com. If you have feedback on the show or suggestions for a future show, you can send us a tweet at Board and Wine, email us at cardboardandwine at gmail.com, or jump into our guild on Board Game Geek. Like Sean. Like Sean. Also, Mamie, we have a we are on the Facebook now, so if you are a yes. Facebook person, you can find us on there as well. You can also leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear from you. And since we are a new podcast, it'll help other listeners find our show. All right, Mamie. Until next time. Cheers, Cheers and, and happy, happy gaming. gaming.